Gareth Bale's move to China is off. So what now for the Real Madrid star? Arsenal agree a fee to sign winger Nicolas Pepe from Lille, but how can they afford him? Liverpool fans, are you worried? Beaten by Napoli, does your club need to get moving in the market with 10 days to go? Yo, everybody, we're back. The 50 States of Football crew is live. We are minus Bennett, but, uh, you know, the, the three of the regular four of us are, are here ready to talk all things football from the American perspective. Um, you guys know, but we'll go through the, the group really quick. Um, first, Noah up in Wisconsin. How you doing, man? Great, great. I mean, Nicholas Pepe day, so can't, can't nothing <laughs> but uh, smiles for me. Yeah, man. Solid day uh, for, for the Arsenal faithful. Link to uh, to the young Pepe, or I guess not, what, 24 we talked about off the air. I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about him, but the uh, the Twitter sphere has made it pretty evident to me that it's a massive signing and, and he's really talented. So um, introduce Dave really quick and then and then we'll jump back over to that here shortly. But Dave, what's up, man? How you doing? Des Moines, Iowa? Doing great. Sorry, smoking cigarettes on the sidelines. We finally have the sorry area in Juventus. So finally official. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, he's uh, back in his natural habitat, being able to smoke on the sideline, man. I, I think that was uh, primarily the uh, the reason that he left Chelsea was his inab- inability to smoke there in England. So I'm sure he's a happy More guy. Chewing those filters. <laughs> God, isn't that just so gross to watch that dude just like chew on cigarette filters? But uh, it always baffled me when, when I uh, watched him in England this past past 12 months but uh but yeah he's, he said, he's he said he, he said he was quitting too which is hilarious to me <laughs> from 70 a day to just nothing man just a bold move but i guess he's a bold guy too so get that man love a the... jewel <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love that shit man the uh the, the jewel is a staple of the uh of the american these days so oh that's too funny <laughs> uh um, and yeah, I saw some pictures of him with his espresso too. So I'm sure, you know, he's got it all back, but, but anyways, enough about, sorry, man, it's, it's time to, uh, to talk about, uh, Dybala, man. Um, I'd like to be the first to welcome him to Tottenham, Dave. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> uh, no, you don't think it's happening? I mean, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I understand like where it's coming from because last year he didn't play that great. But, I mean, again, Sarri's coming in with a new system that I think would benefit him immensely, just his type of style. But, I mean, again, I don't see where, I don't know where Juventus places him because, I mean, right now it's a merry-go-round of strikers. We have no idea who's going to be our starting number nine. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, I think if he does leave, I think Spurs would be a great place for him playing for Pochettino but at the moment I don't want him to leave because I think he's gonna have a big year this year under sorry yeah man it's I I think we were talking about it off the air but it seems like there's a you know a fair few of the Juventini uh you know uh fandom I guess that that uh wouldn't mind him moving on it seems a little bit silly he's he's obviously a heck of a player even if he had a down year and Obviously, Spurs fans can relate to that. Um, you know, I can relate to that with a with an Erickson situation. But um, you know, certainly somebody we'd we'd welcome at the club. But um, like you said, it doesn't doesn't look like he'll actually take off. And didn't you tell me he had made it, made it pretty clear in the media a couple of times that he wasn't interested in leaving? 
Oh yeah, he's because early on in the summer they were talking about um, a swap deal for kind of a swap deal for Icardi, and he's like, uh-huh. I don't want to go to Inter, and I'm like, Yes, you are a Juventus player. If you don't want to go to Inter, I love yep. you. Like, thank yep. you, because <laughs> like he wants to stay. He wants to. Well, he's gonna meet with Sari here in the next coming days. I mean, Sari has basically said he would love to have him as a false nine or right behind the strikers or right behind in a formation. So, I mean. He's going to meet with Sari because he's been on holiday because he played in the Copa America. And I guess he's going to come back and see where he stands. And I guess if Sari's kind of like, eh, I mean, I want you, but, I mean, you're not big to my plans, he might think about leaving. Sure. Interesting. I guess there's the art. Oh, go ahead. No, I just just think that, I mean, if he is going to leave, I I feel like the fit is a lot better in Spurs than the other rumor with Manchester United. I I just can't see quite where uh, he would fit in with United, and I feel like the pressure would be way too hard on him. But, like, with Spurs, he'd be combining with, like, Kane and Son and just, like, a a better crew up uh, up top. But, I mean, talking to Bennett, he feels like uh, this Dybala rumor is just to get Lo Celso on the price that uh, Spurs want him at. Yeah, I actually think that's the general consensus is that Levy is essentially saying, look, $75 million for Lasoso is ridiculous. Um, and, of course, a lot of that has to do with the, the sell-on fee with PSG or whatever. But, um, you know, I think Levy's just essentially letting them know, like, if you want me to seriously pay 75 for this guy, then I'll just go pay 75 for Dybala instead um, and get somebody who I see is a little bit more worth that price tag. Um and again, not I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but I do think there's a lot to be said for Lacelso being a little bit more important um, than Dybala for what we need right now. So, anyways, I maybe tied, I maybe tend to uh, decide with Bennett there, but definitely appreciate the shout from uh, my North London neighbor. You know, uh, that Dybala would be a good fit there at Tottenham because I, I do agree. I think, uh, you know, having that attacking contingent of, of Kane and Son and Ali and even Erickson if he were to stay. Um, with like a four-two-three-one setup would really suit him. He could pretty much just play across that three in any position. But anyways, um, I know to uh, move on from Dybala, um, the Pepe link, we said we'd get back to that quick, but no, you know, take a few seconds to gush on that, man. Oh, my God. I mean, I got hit with the Ornstein bomb, the uh, Arsenal BBC uh, guy at like yeah. 6 a.m. And I, I just, I'm looking there like, wait, did that say like, confirmed 80 million bid for uh, Nicolas Pepe. Like <laughs> we have like this rumored 45 million budget, which has pretty much been debunked already. But like, I mean, just, it's been, it's been rough. Like uh, two weeks ago before we even completed a signing other than youngster Gabriel Martinelli. Um, I'm getting tweets and saying that like, Oh, on this day, Matteo Guendouzi was signed last year, completing Arsenal's summer business. And I'm thinking, fuck, we haven't even brought in a first teamer. Like, we're done. Like, I mean, we only finished a point off the top four in Champions League last year. Um, But the gap is definitely larger than I I would like. And, I mean, United are their own shit show. I mean, I, I don't really think they've been having the best summer. Liverpool are already levels above us. So, like, that's not really a concern that they haven't been able to do business. But you could argue that, I mean, Pulisic's way better of a signing than Gabriel Martinelli. So we're getting beat by uh, transfer ban Chelsea in terms of just pure transfer talent. And, I mean, Pepe's six-foot, right-winger, left-footed, scored 22 goals, 11 assists in uh, Liga last year. Uh, 
wonderful left foot, awesome dribbler. Uh, he's just, he's electric. And now we have this front three of him, Lacazette and Aubameyang and good luck. Like I, I feel a really uh, strong, it, it reminds me of 2013, 2014 Liverpool. Like uh, they're going to, they're going to come out every game and it's going to be four to three either way, but it's going to be exciting football in uh, the Emirates next year. Yeah. I mean, you guys certainly can do, can do well with a strong attack right now. Like you just mentioned there, you know, maybe a few questions in the back line there. Uh, I think probably less questions than maybe a lot of people on Twitter make it out to be, but still, I think that attacking three is going to put you guys, um, you know, into the mix. And um, it's interesting because I think, out of out of all the teams in the in the Premier League, Bar City, of course, um, North London's uh, two teams probably have you know more of the potent attacks now in the Premier League. So it'll be interesting, man. I think there's going to be obviously City and Liverpool are going to be um, you know front runners for sure, but I think that there's going to be a shift back to London too in some regards. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just hope it's uh, on one side of london as as the u with regards to being on the other side so uh um but yeah no man it's exciting i don't know much about the guy but oh go ahead were you gonna say something Uh, yeah just the fact that like i feel like it it shows the strong correlation to english football just kind of getting its feet back uh underneath Mm -hmm. it in european competitions because you look at napoli's been linked to pepe now for a week and a half and they they pretty much had pepe in their hands and it came down to an agent fee that Arsenal willing to triple whatever the fee uh, that the the agent wanted. And all of a sudden he's an Arsenal player. And it's just, it's amazing to think that in Europa league, we're signing a 72 million pound player. Like the, the financial power in England right now is insane. And the, the draw is definitely there. I mean, obviously we know young French players are drawn to Arsenal just based on Arsene Wenger in the early 2000s. I mean, you saw it with Saliba picking Arsenal over Tottenham earlier this summer, and I think it continues with Pepe coming now. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, albeit in Europa, have a a good manager, and I think definitely a long-term project underway. It might be be a few years behind ours, I think, but it definitely is evident that it's – that is starting to take shape. And, you know, you guys did beat us to a couple of signings that we were in the hunt for, um, you know, not to say that I haven't been happy with our business so far and that's a whole nother thing, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really well said. Um, and I think we were talking about it too a little bit before we started recording you and I, but the, you know, the consensus seems to be that the uh, power is shifting back to England. And, um, you know, it was, it's weird because even like three or four years ago, I feel kind of felt like, Spain and maybe even now Italy with Juventus and PSG and France or whatever, we're kind of starting to leave English, uh, English uh, football league teams in the dust in the European competitions. And then all of a sudden it's kind of snapped right back. And you almost got to think that's all credit to city. You know, they brought in a bunch of talent with that money. They, uh, you know, had influx into the club and then teams across England decided they need to follow suit. And you see Liverpool start to, spend money and now Spurs are starting to spend and Arsenal is. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with the TV money too, but I think there's a shout out to city there somewhere. So, um, for what it's worth, but. No, totally. Um, And I think it's amazing that we're talking about an English Renaissance when Aston Villa is the top spender and the only team to break a hundred million so far this summer. Yeah. Uh, Great point, man. And, and like, so like 
sure we're spending, but you look at the Spanish clubs and almost all three of the big three have rebuilt. Like whether you're looking at Letico bringing in almost 10 players, Barcelona's got their whole new attack and midfielder. And then Real's pretty much hitting the reset button. So it's a, it's a really fascinating time to, to be a football fan. Oh, totally. And yeah, Dave, I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten, got something to say there too. Obviously there's a, big push in England, but Juventus are, you know, uh, continuing to staple themselves as an absolute power across the continent, and they're certainly going to be in the mix for the Champions League, and it'd be, you know, hard-pressed to argue that they won't win Serie A, but, you know, uh, I- I'm sure, uh, you know, you've got something to say there, but. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the type of deals that Juventus is doing as of recently, I mean, getting Ronaldo last year and then the lit this year, Plus the free, their free transfers of Ramsey and Rabio. I mean, like people want to go there. Like want to go to Juventus. I remember when Conte um, took over in 11-12, No one wanted to go there. No one wanted to be a part of Juventus because one, they had finished seventh the year before, or finished the seventh year before, and they weren't in the Champions League. And like once they even got in the Champions League, people still want to go there. I mean, we didn't have the finances, but like. The management and like the marketing and all that kind of stuff, and then winning and getting all this income has and becoming a global brand now, kind of was like astonishing how far we've come since then. And it's amazing, like we hijacked a deal for Delit, who was basically almost a PSG player, and like we literally showed up, came in, like, hey, we want you more than anybody. They might want you, but we're gonna, you're gonna be big part of our project, and literally. I was amazed that we got that. And then we still make pretty good deals because we got that Demerol from, uh, or Demriel from Sassuolo, a Turkish defender who has been lights out in the first two preseason games. Granted, they're preseason games, but the guy is a freaking monster. He like, literally is just mean, a mean dude. Like he looks, he's always, always mad looking. So, I mean, some of the deals they're making, I mean, they've still got that Juventus of like, free transfers and like bargain deals, but they're also making the big deals. And it's kind of like we're as Juventus fans, we're kind of like, okay, we got people that want to come to our club because we we all remember like after the whole scandal back in 06, that no one really wanted to come to Juventus because it was like one, we didn't have the money, but now people want to come there and it's like making us more of a European power. And like, like you said, the Spanish teams are kind of rebuilding. I mean, they're still going to be kind of be there, but I mean, and then you got the English teams you got to compete with. I mean, this is a good time for probably a good time to be competing for that Champions League title. Oh, for sure. You guys will be be in the mix for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think the the biggest thing for everybody is, like you said, the Spanish teams are, are pulling back a little bit and rebuilding. And um, so, yeah, I think they're always a front runner for, for the Champions League. But. I would be, uh, you know, one to believe that it's either going to come out of England, and if not England, it'll be Juventus, so we'll see. Um, and I think from a European Cup competition, too, uh, no, we were talking about this, but I think Arsenal has a really good shot of, you know, making another deep run in the in Europa League, um, especially, like you said, with that Pepe signing, that front three, they're going to be a lot to handle for, you know, anybody they play in that competition up until you would think at least the round of 16, if not the quarters. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it, 
the Europa League's always kind of a, a crapshoot. You got to look at the Champions League groups and what team's going to drop down into Europa because that's usually your best competition. But uh, sure, I I really like our chances. Um, I mean, I I'm just sick of Europa. <laughs> we could move on. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you, man. I've been there too. So it's a uh, yeah, no, no. It's one of those competitions where it's almost kind of hard to dig your heels into until like the the at least the round of 32, but most likely the round of 16, you know, and then you're like, okay, this is, uh, this is starting to take shape. Um, the closer you get to a trophy there, the, the I think the more um, you get excited and are able to invest in the competition. And unfortunately for Spurs, anytime we were in Europa league, as soon as I got invested, we'd like drop a dud to gank and fall out of the tournament. So, um, you know, at least you had the pleasure of getting to the final last season. And I'm sure, like I said, you guys will go deep again, but yeah, I mean, I, the only positive I see is, like, we have a lot of Deadwood, such as Kashelny, who's refusing to play, or Nacho Monreal, or Mustafi, and those players can not have anything to do with Europa League in the group stages, and we can really just focus on some of our youngsters. I mean, we promoted four academy kids to the first team this summer, mm. got first team numbers and everything, so you you got to think that's a great opportunity for those kids to grasp onto and show that they belong and maybe get some premier league minutes come December in the, the hectic holiday season. But that's the, the only real positive you can draw out of Europa. I feel. Oh, spot on, man. I mean, from a, from a Spurs perspective, again, the Europa kind of is what made Harry Kane and gave him a real opportunity to, to take stage or whatever. So I feel like, like you said, you always find a gem somewhere in the Europa league competition from the youth squad. Um, you know, it's a, as if you're a young kid or whatever, 21, 22, 23, and you're playing in a European tournament, even if it's, you know, the second tournament or second tier tournament or whatever, it still gets you pretty hyped up, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, I guess we see some pretty solid performances. But, but yeah, so um, I don't know. I guess we probably want to continue to talk about transfers a little bit. Um, there's all kinds of, of, you know, links outside of Dybala and Pepe and obviously uh, – you know, Dave mentioned that there was a few forwards at um, Syria who were being linked away. Dave, you want to talk about that situation at all? Yeah, it looks like Juventus doesn't know who they want to be their number nine because literally Higuain, like Juventus and Roma have like talked about getting Higuain to them. And I mean, Higuain doesn't know if he wants to play for them and he doesn't want to leave Juventus. Then you got Mandzukic. He's going to uh, probably going to be going to China, and then Moise Keynes might be going to Everton. They want to try to get a buyback clause on him so they can buy him back down the road. So, yeah. And then there's a Lukaku link with Juventus since Inter can't really they want to lease him basically <laughs> from Manchester United. So I mean, it, there's a lot going on. I mean, um, Icardi's still there's that Icardi rumor too, too, where it said that he only wants to play for Juventus and literally is not even doing anything with Inter right now. He's still an Inter player, so that whole situation is pretty hilarious because we don't know where. If, I mean, if Juventus doesn't go for him, like where does he go? I mean, Napoli wants him too, but he doesn't want to play for Napoli, so it's kind of like it's kind of hilarious. Like Syria, Syria, like some of the, these Syria teams, like Napoli. They have the funds to do it. They just don't want to spend that much. So they try to, like, haggle, basically. And when they haggle, it's like the other team's like, okay, we're done. And they move on. It's kind of with the um, Yamez Rodriguez, Napoli's been hard, trying to hardball Real Madrid, and they're getting pissed. So 
it's just it's just a funny so some of these teams and then you've got AC Milan they've been they just actually sold uh Catrone to Wolverhampton so it's it's interesting in, in Italy right now like there's not a lot of big money moves because granted not all the teams have the finances but it's just funny some of these owners try to haggle <laughs> for players and it's in this in the market these days you can't really do that cuz like these outrageous astronomical fees for players you can't really haggle you just pay the price and move on yeah the whole haggling thing is an interesting point because like watching arsenal do business all summer we've pretty much haggled everyone i mean we were linked with saliba come the spring and that didn't get completed until earlier this week and because we haggled we got to a point that we finally felt like a deal was done and it pretty much set up spurs to be like all right arsenal uh you're willing to pay that much we'll add an extra couple million on top of it and do this and that as well and it ended up working out for Arsenal's benefit but I think of like the the Pepe situation and Napoli's got a deal lined up and they pretty much allowed Arsenal to be like all right so that's what you agree upon Leo we can match that here's a better wage package come to Arsenal and you feel like it's going to happen with James Rodriguez and uh Atletico Madrid as well like it, it's just it sets up uh Serie A teams for failure if you don't get that deal done and it gets leaked to the press Oh yeah, like I think of uh, Malcolm last year with uh, um, with uh, Roma. He's basically showing up for Roma, and there he basically trained his flight around to go to Barcelona, and they swooped in and took it away from him right at the last minute. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example. Yeah, William too was coming to Spurs and then ended up at Chelsea last minute because something linked to the media or whatever, and they offered him better wages. So. It's a, I don't know. It's a game that players play, man. You look at you, you look at like even the, um, you know, it's happening in soccer, but even in the NBA, I don't know if all of that or whatever. We we take shots at each other. He's a, he's a j- jazz guy, and, and I support the Rockets, but um, it's becoming so player player, uh, um, you know, centered, and, and players have all the power now. And uh, you know, I, you almost wonder sometimes. This is total conspiracy theory, but if these if these footballers are almost like helping their their fees get leaked so that they can see if anybody comes in and offers them more wages. Um, be a smart move from a financial standpoint. But Oh, I, I totally think that's what's happening. I mean, Pepe's been linked to Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, like every team on the planet. Liverpool was linked with them for a long time, United. And mm-hmm. I think they were just trying to find a buyer. And uh, once like a yep. deal's kind of set up with your, your parent club, you're like, okay, how much – do you value me for? I, I feel like you can leak that number. And then if somebody's willing to pay that and get a wage package going, then, then you, you as the player have the control for sure. Um, uh, totally. Getting back to the Serie A though, Dave, how, how would you feel about a Lukaku move? Um, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, I, yeah, I've seen him at Manchester United, but again, it's Manchester United. It's nothing like that. Like you said earlier, no, that thing's a shit show in, in itself. But I mean, he's shown flashes of being amazing. Like I mean, when he plays with Bel- when he played with Belgium, he was unreal. So I mean, I would support him if we. I don't right now. I don't want him, but if he does, if he did, they did sign him. I would. I would hope he'd do well, of course, because he plays for my club now. But I don't know if it's sacrificing Dybala. I think Dybala has more tools. He can play more positions. But again, Lukaku is that big number nine that could basically strong get up against the defender and knock the ball down to 
the wings. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not totally sold on him, but, I mean, I know he gets flashes of being amazing number nine. So, yeah, yeah I don't I, know. I'm kind of up I feel like he'd be a great Mandzukic replacement. I mean, obviously, he can't play on the left wing like Mandzukic, but he does a lot of what Mandzukic brings to the table in terms of just being a physical presence, uh, being a finisher. I mean, Lukaku is one of those guys that he's probably the last five, six years, third most successful striker in the Premier League behind Aguero and Kane. Uh, And that, that in itself is wonderful. I mean, he's only 26, 27 years old, so he still could get six, seven years out of him if, if that was something, but uh, he's not a complete player. He's not going to dribble circles around anybody, but he, he's huge. He finishes well. He's powerful. I, I, I just, I feel like the fit would be really, really well. I mean, maybe not with Sari, but Juventus as a whole, I could see him really being a presence in the Serie A. And uh, I don't know. I feel like he's underrated now because, because of the whole United shit show. I mean, he's playing with Alexi Sanchez, who's died since going to United, and Martial, who's pretty much best season's been his debut season um and just a weird like Lingard like none of those players are touching Juventus's attacking midfield and all of a sudden you start having him play with Brunette Shetty and uh Cristiano Ronaldo and I feel like he could really open some eyes yeah I mean that's good that is a good point um yeah I just Sarri's the way Sarri sets up his teams it's just He's he he likes his guys to basically they're moving at all times like no one's really laxadaisily like coming like they're all over the place and you see like people like Iguain and like when he was at uh, Napoli Melik and stuff like that guys that can like track back I mean I think Lukaku can do that I don't I don't know it it's just the system it just doesn't look like a fit for me just because of sorry but yeah I, I like what you're saying with like him playing with those type of guys could be good. It's just, if it was Allegri, absolutely. He would be amazing in the system, but it's just, Sari's system is so, so differently than Allegri that I think, I just don't think he like fits in there as well because he's, I don't know. I mean, he, you look at his strikers that he's had, they're more, more athletic. I mean, he's athletic, but he's not like fast and agile, very agile. I mean, he's just more, point a to point b and i just don't know i mean i think he could be effective it just depends on how sorry like how sorry season and if sorry can use him in effective ways it's just this new system is kind of making me wonder about certain players just because allegri you had a set system and you knew what was coming and like he didn't he wasn't like so like he could tactically flu his tactical ability was fluid. So like if he switched in the game, like it was fluid. And like Sari is so strict on his one formation that it's kind of like, where does he fit? You know? Yeah. Do you think the success of Olivier Giroud and uh, Chelsea last year could maybe have? Because I mean, obviously Sari's got some say in who they're going to bring in as the striker for his system. But it seems like Giroud kind of caught on with uh, Sari and Sari's system and. Lukaku's obviously that, a better better option than that. That's a good point. And the other thing is, is like, yeah, like I could see him like being sort certain games starting Lukaku and then maybe putting a Ronaldo as the number nine if it's like more he needs a more athletic guy in there because Ronaldo can play anywhere along the front line basically. I mean, he was more of a wing when he was younger, but now he's playing that he can play that number nine 
and be effective because I mean, granted, the guy can jump and hang in. I've never seen a guy hang in the air before, like Ronaldo does. So I mean, yeah, I mean that's a good point. Maybe because like he had Higuain and Giroud last year, and like that kind of you switch him up for different games. So I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he could use Lukaku in one game against the team, and then maybe one game put uh, Ronaldo up front. Yeah, I, I think that would work. And even if you keep Dybala, I think Dybala would be a great alternative to uh, Lukaku up top, and you could probably rotate those two, and you could probably generate enough money selling Higuain and Mandzukic and other Deadwood up top to to fund a Lukaku purchase, I would feel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is like we could actually make the deal straight up for him, unlike Inter, who's trying to basically lease him and tell him they'll pay you 20 this year, 20 that year, and then 30 the next year, you know, kind of thing. And it's so, I mean, yeah, I think they could get the deal done real quick, but. And that's the crazy part about like the rest of the summer for me is just, I mean, Bayern Munich has 17 senior players. I mean, Liverpool have yet to sign anybody off of their champions league win and United's not done business. It, It just feels like there's still a ton of business with the window kind of dwindling. Dave, speaking of inner, didn't you know? Isn't it maybe rumored that the whole Juve bid too could be to just kind of fuck with inner a little bit um, in their pursuit? Oh for yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because literally, their the guy that their director that's doing does all their transfers used to be at Juventus. So absolutely, because they that's the difference between Juventus. Like he was at he used to be at Juventus, and he he we wouldn't get the type of players we wanted because like for some reason something would break down. Well, his number two is now our sporting director, basically, and he's getting all these deals done and like make like we never had access to um, basically the players under uh, Jorge Mendez, Ronaldo's agent. We didn't have him like he would. We didn't do deals with him. And now we're doing deals with him. And then, I mean, you had Mino Royola. I mean, yeah, we did deals with him because we had Pogba, but. It wasn't a great, it wasn't an awesome relationship. And now, like, basically, he, like, <laughs> Mino Raiola basically works for Juventus, kind of. <laughs> it's like, he almost is basically in the Juventus, like, like training facility all the time because he's, we've got so many of his players now. So it's kind of like, you got to have those like, relationships with those um, agents, even though some people will sometimes hate agents because they're, they're, they're hagglers and they mess with, they, want all these fees and want all these wages for their players. And sometimes it's outrageous. But if you have those relationships, like we have Jorge Mendez relationship because of Ronaldo, we have Mino Raiola because of DeLitt, Rabio, or no, Rabio's mom's his agent. Never mind. Um, who's, I think Moise Keen is his client. I mean, Nedved used to be his client. So, I mean, that's huge for us right now because like we're made, that's why we're getting these deals done with like DeLitt and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's the, the contrast is so different between those two because he didn't have he couldn't get those deals done. Like I mean, yeah, he made some amazing deals, getting Pogba for almost nothing, Pirlo for nothing, kind of thing. But you can kind of see the contrast because they're having trouble getting certain players outside of Italy. When Juventus, on the other hand, is getting who almost whoever they want. No, I I think that's a great point. I mean, with the uh, change, Arsene Banger was never. He would never touch people with those kind of super agents. And uh, Pepe, Pepe is actually the first person that we've ever signed who's got a super agent. I'm trying to figure out who it is right now. I want to say it's uh, 
who's the guy who say who's always hanging around Juventus? I I think that might be him. Mino Raiola. Mino Mino Raiola. Yeah, yeah, that that's the guy. Um, so like we've never had connections, and we just signed a Barcelona director, Raúl, uh, and that's that's who got this deal across the line, just because we're willing to pay three times the agent fee that Napoli would, and it's kind of a, I don't know, it's not it's not something you want to write home about. It's not something I'm proud to say I'm supporting Arsenal and super agents, but if it helps to get the best players on the field, I guess it's something I got to support. Yeah, and honestly, I think, you know, with the history you guys have and all the success and, you know, the Henri's, the Bergkamp's, all of that, it's definitely a project that um, a lot of people would be really interested in in jumping on, you know, board with from regards of helping bring Arsenal back to, to where it once was. And obviously, you guys were a point off the Champions League and Europa League final last year, so it's not like you've fallen off or anything, but I definitely think the point is, is that, people are going to be willing to come to uh, Arsenal to help it get back to, you know, the top of the Premier League and, and all of that. So I, we sure hope so. Uh, for sure. I sure hope not, but I don't know. <laughs> here, here we are. So <laughs> uh, I, another link that I thought was interesting or, or a player rather that I thought had some interesting links was Bruno Fernandez. And obviously one, at one point it was Spurs. That's, Definitely not happening anymore. I think that link died weeks ago or whatever, but it was United for a while. Now it looks like that might not happen. Um, I don't know. You guys got any thoughts there? Maybe any sleeper uh, sleeper opinions on where he might end up? Because it looks like he's leaving. I think Manchester City makes a lot of sense if they move on from uh, Sané. Maybe just move Bernardo Silva permanently out to the wing and bring in sure. uh, Fernandez as more of a central option. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Actually, I keep forgetting about their the Sane links too. We can get into that, but um, but yeah, no. If Fernandez does end up in England, I think that would make sense. Um, my fear is that he ends also, up in Liverpool. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, that's the other that's the other link I saw was him going to Liverpool. Yeah, that's kind of my fear, man. Uh, I would hate to see it. We don't need them getting any stronger um, than they already are. Um, they have to so do we'll something, though, right? Like, like Liverpool's not just going to sit with their hands in their pockets all summer after winning the Champions League. I mean, they, they still aren't as good as City. I, I get that they're, not. like, they're the second-best team in England and one of the best teams in Europe, but you got you got to try to compete with the top, right? Yeah, I think that's a good point, man. And it's like, you know, now that they've won the Champions League, you would have to think that they're all in on one in the Premier League, which they've never done as a club. Um you know, so it'd be it'd be really surprising if they didn't make any moves. I know Bennett had mentioned that they definitely need some depth at fullback, and I think that's probably the obvious position. The more I think about it, but um, you know, if you're going to compete with City, then you bring in a player like Fernandez, even if you don't necessarily need him to just kind of bolster the squad and create that much more competition. So, yeah, no, it's it's a good point. I they haven't signed anybody yet, have they? They signed like a 17 year old Dutch center back. Huh. Oh, but I, I mean, did see that. That's nothing noteworthy. I mean, nothing to write home about. Yeah, totally for the future. I did. I, I don't know that kid's name at all, but I did hear from from somebody after it happened that he was going to be really, really good. Some Spurs fan that actually lives over in the Netherlands. But, um, you know, you can never tell with the 17-year-old. But, again, the point is it would, it's kind of surprising that they haven't signed anybody yet. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I thought that Bruno's, Bruno Fernandez thing was interesting. I'm kind of surprised Dave that he hasn't been linked anywhere in Italy. Maybe is that a fee thing and a financial problem? Yeah, I mean, 
most likely it is because, I mean, he's still at sporting, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on because, I mean, there's teams that can definitely use him. I mean, of course, AC Milan's got their own issues. Inter, they just got that Barella, so I don't think they're going to probably go for him. I mean, Napoli could have. I mean, he would probably fit amazingly in Napoli, but, of course, we've seen – we were just talking about how they were haggling so for James Rodriguez. Uh, granted, I mean, that could be a lesser option, but he, I mean, it looks like he wants, it seems like he wants to play in the Premier League, so I don't know. It, it all depends on him, too, like if he wants to play in the Serie A, because, um, yeah, I think Napoli would have been a good pick for him, but we'll see. I guess he probably they're not going to probably compete with the wages that an English team is going to give him. Well, that's the thing is that if 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 you're not going to Juventus um, and you really want to compete for domestic leagues, then you're putting yourself you know up against a little bit more than you'd ideally want to put yourself up against. So, I think that has something to do with the two. But yeah, anyways, that that's 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 the thing is like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's um, Juventus has won it eight times in a row, but it's like this year is going to be a, an interesting year because if sorry ball doesn't get off like it should, we could have Inter-Napoli up there closing the gap. And that's sure. the thing that that's the thing that's interesting. And, I mean, like, players aren't going to see that. You're going to see, oh, Juventus is signing more stronger players. They're going to be amazing. But it's like, I don't think Juventus is going to come out like people think they're going to come out. They're going to come out and basically just run away with the league again because, sorry, Ball, you could see it at Chelsea. I mean, he came out fast at Chelsea but then kind of faded off. I think it's going to be a slower start, and I think we're going to see that if Juventus isn't going to be right at the top right away. It's going to be they're going to have to battle the whole year because I mean, Conte's enter against Juventus the other day looked pretty strong. I mean, granted it's preseason, but he's already got them playing amazing defense and just being aggressive. So it's going to be an interesting year. I understand why players don't want to come if it's not Juventus because it's like okay you guys they won it eight years in a row and they're getting stronger kind of thing but this year's gonna I think is gonna open a lot of doors for anything I think it's gonna be a lot closer I want Juventus to win the league but if they don't I think it's gonna open the doors and people are gonna be like okay people are actually complete competing with them now so let's I'd go there you know like they're in the Champions League I'll go there yeah so you're saying it'd be good for the league even if it's not obviously great for Juventus yeah, I mean, um, granted, I, I always want to win the league because literally we basically got relegated to Serie B for false false facts, basically. We were accused of match-fixing, but we're never found guilty of it. That's the thing. So, and people just, you got the Inters, the AC Milan fans just always saying that we were in Serie B and, like, I want to win it every year just to, in spite of those people. Because, <laughs> like, sure. they... People don't. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go down there that rabbit hole because a lot of people don't understand how that. Everybody says Juventus was match fixing and went like, oh, you got relegated because of match fixing. It's like, okay, you guys don't know, so stop trying to act like that's like a insult because like you don't know the whole situation. Like it was a farce basically. They call it farcical. Poly. Juventus fans call it farcical poly because it's cultural poly is what the we call it falso poly because like literally. They relegated us to Serie B with all, without all the facts, and that's it's we lost millions of dollars 
from that. And so every time I win the Serie A league, I flip off the fans of the other team. Like, this is for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Have it. No, that makes sense, man. I I uh, I, I, I want to see Serie A continue to strengthen and come back. And, um, you know, obviously as a neutral fan, I'd love to see a little bit more parity. But I uh, want you to have your titles too. So we'll see what happens. But, no, I want to jump back to that, to the – Sane link or sorry was somebody gonna say something yeah I, I was gonna just say like I, I feel like Syria is at this point where maybe it's closer finance like I feel like the gap is more Juventus's finances like it, it kind of yeah, reminds me of the French league where Monaco totally could sneak in and win a win a league real quick and uh react like that and maybe like a Napoli or Roma through internal building and having the right core at the right time is gonna be able to snap this streak for Juventus, but I don't think it's going to be just from Napoli going out and signing James Rodriguez and Pepe and all of these big name signings. Like I, the gap is too far financially for that to happen. And I think just in the Serie A versus other leagues in general, like I, I just don't see the money there, but I do think you're onto something, Dave, when you're saying that the, the talent internally could be a lot closer this year. Like I, I look at an inter project and maybe Conte can work a little bit of his magic there and, they, they have a good core and maybe they're a piece or two away and maybe that piece doesn't have to come from a big name signing, but could just be a young Ital- Italian lad that we don't quite know about yet. Conte, year one, any club. I could, I'll take him to win a title, year one, any club. <laughs> it's proven true and, before. And it pisses me off to say that because I hate that he's at Inter, but again, he's a manager. I mean, he's not going to play favorites when he wants a job, you know. So, but it hates me to pain me to say that. I think he, I think Inter is the number one com- competitor of Juventus this year. I, I just believe it because you saw what he did at Chelsea. You saw what he did at Juventus his first year, and I think he, he's gonna take Juventus right down to the last day. No, I think so too. But I also like look at Roma's project, and they have like a lot of young talent that have two or three of those guys take the next step all at the same time, they, they could be a handful for you too. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, AC Milan, their managers, Sampdoria's old manager, and he's, he did some wonders there. So, I mean, he's good with youth and they've got a lot of youth, so they might sneak in and kind of challenge as well. So, I mean, I think this year is going to be the most competitive. I've been saying this all summer. It's going to be the most competitive year of Serie A because like I said, if sorry ball doesn't come off, come out running there's going to be teams there's going to be sharks in the water no yeah i I totally agree but uh scott to get back to sane i mean byron munich has to make some signings right yeah you would think i mean they they uh you know from a from a european competition standpoint they've definitely fallen back a little bit and having having not that much of a transfer market this window you would think that they have plans to, you know, make a big splash at some point, and it seems like Sané would be that person. But um, also seeing maybe that Pep is, has pretty strong opinions about not wanting to let him leave. Um, I don't know, Noah, have you, uh, I guess, followed that a whole lot, a whole lot or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested in the whole. I mean, obviously, we just want to see City get weakened, but. Uh, yeah. It, it sounds like Sané doesn't really want to be the bit part player that Pep sees him as. Because, I mean, you got Bernardo Silva, who's one of the best attacking players in the world. And you can't sit Raheem Sterling as an English guy. And, I mean, his talent probably means you probably shouldn't sit him anyhow to begin with. But yeah. 
Then you look at Bayern, and I mean, they, they got Pavard and they got uh, Hernandez done right at the beginning of the window to really solidify that back line. And since then, it's really been not much from them. And they have 17 senior players right now. Like, that, that's insane. And then you look at the no Dortmund way. project. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm brutal. Su- I'm surprised... I'm surprised they didn't go get a winger after Ribery and Robin left. I mean, you literally lost. I mean, granted, they weren't like big time player like anymore, but I mean, you got to replace those guys. I mean, well, they still got Kingsley Coleman, which I mean, granted, I mean, he's been an up and down roller coaster. Um, so it's like, who who else? Is, I can't even think of who else would be a winger for that. I mean, Thomas Mueller can play a winger, but. I mean, Sergey Gnabry, though. Oh yeah, player. yeah. I forgot about I forgot about him. But it's like you gotta you gotta strengthen your attack there. I mean, you can't just rely on those guys. You need some guys to bring in. And I mean, yeah, Sane would be solid solid pickup for them. He'd be a, a starter for them every game. Yeah, I think of Sane, and I mean, you could get Sane, and you could still have money for somebody who I can't believe he's still at Ajax, but like Zizic, uh, the Moroccan winger like how how hasn't he gotten moved on at some point this summer yeah isn't his asking fee like 25 million too which is like nothing yeah the release clause 25 yeah. million and, and like i think byron would be there's your left hand footed wizard to replace uh robin and That's go true. bring in sane as well and all of a sudden your attack's looking just as good and you could probably i mean the the champions league's wide open again this year so like this could be Bayern's Bayern's chance to like really seal the deal and put themselves back in the center stage. That's a good point, man. They uh, it is open and signing Zayac, I I forget I forget about him. It's like he flies under the radar, but man, I can't believe nobody snatched him up for twenty five million dollars yet. It's uh, that's uh, I don't know. Makes you think there's something going on, and maybe it is Bayern. And like you said, they add him and Sane, and they're right back punching. Um, you know, I guess at the weight they should be punching at, but no, I know you touched on it briefly, but that Dortmund project too, man, they, uh, they are in true Dortmund fashion, you know, bringing back some guys that have bled for the club before, but also continue to develop some serious youth. And it looks like Jaden Sancho is going to be kind of the focal point of their attack for, for a while. And, um, I'm seeing it reported or whatever. Morgan Hazard like, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. They went nuts Hazard. in the window. And, like, right and Julian Brandt. Yep. Yep. There's, see, that, and, you know, that Julian Brandt signing, that's a signing that you would used to expect Bayern to make, you know, um, snatching up one of Germans, Germany's best talents or the German League's best talents or whatever it is. Um, but he went dormant instead. So I think that, yeah, that's a great point. That's a huge signing for them. And, um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't look like they're going to get anything but stronger and stronger for the next at least, you know, three, four or five years uh, with the talent that they have. Yeah, the Julian Brandt one might just be a case of I feel like Bayern's kind of got like a hint, hint, wink, wink deal with uh, Leverkusen for what is it, Kai Hodverts for next oh, summer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's probably the more talented out of the duo, and they probably just were like, we prefer him. Here's, I don't know, Bayern's kind of shady with how they interact with uh, Bundesliga clubs because I feel like a lot of the deals are like Pavard and Theo Hernandez were announced what january february this year like yeah, yeah they just sounds right they get their their deals done way before the line but uh yeah that, that's they're definitely a project i'm looking at and liverpool has like the two i, I kind of want to see what they, they do yeah for sure man it's a uh, um you know it's it goes without a doubt that liverpool is 
going going to do something you would think it was just it, you know still I guess uh is to be seen what that is but I think uh if I'm a neutral fan you know I'm definitely tuning into Liverpool um watching what they do and I will say too I think you know they there was a negative connotation around Liverpool and still is a little bit of one but they were their their fans were just absolute class after after they beat us in the final last year and I think I maybe saw you know I'm not saying I flipped a 180 on opinions but I saw a light that I hadn't seen before there too so point is I you know I wouldn't mind seeing uh them continue to have success just not the expense of Tottenham of course yeah I mean um, to counter but, that still fuck Chelsea fans after that Europa League loss <laughs> oh dude yeah were, were they pretty brutal uh, I mean everyone was kind of pretty brutal that was kind of yeah, a, a must-win game for for us but we're moving on I mean 72 pounds Nicholas Pepe baby that is that's huge, man. It's, obviously, the reporting today was pretty evident that it was like uh, it was done. That there was no questions asked. Uh, was it BBC that that reported it? You said, um, yeah, Dan, so, uh, the mouthpiece uh, Ornstein himself. He he pretty much is like the uh, stamp of approval on any deal dealing with Arsenal. Yeah, when he says it, that it's done. Yeah, that's kind of like we got this guy Spurs in the know. <laughs> no, it's a total banter account. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but. This guy just posts all this bullshit about links being done, and then it always ends with, and he winked at me, and I knew it's true. Um, you guys should check it out. If anyone listening, check it out. It's the, uh, the uh, uh, I think it's Tottenham underscore in the know, but it's just fucking obnoxious. Um, I mean, no, I'm definitely excited for silly season. Like, I love it, but I'm also excited for the real, the real deal to be back soon enough. Yeah, two weeks, man. Oh, Premier League kicked yeah, off. Yeah, dude, you guys. You guys start – that's what I hate about – I wish Italy started off that early, but it's like we have to wait, I think, a week or two weeks after that, and it's like I can't wait that long. I need my Serie A fix now. Now, yeah, exactly. I'm ready for it. I'm definitely ready for it, but well, I don't know, guys. Any other links you can think of that you want to talk about? Oh, I mean, just from a, Which one? You? No, are we boring you, Scott? You're yawning there. No, no, right? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, had a few drinks last night myself. I know you said you did too. My, we were celebrating my wife's promotion and drank a little too much, much wine, and I'm still kind of pulling myself up. Well, congrats to, uh, congrats to her, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she's she's with Enterprise uh, Rent a Car, so I'm just uh, uh, you know, I'm, I moved to a management spot here in Seattle, so she's pretty stoked about it. But yeah, I appreciate it. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah I mean, I. Anybody you want to talk about on the Spurs side? I mean, I feel like Sessegnon and uh, Los Celso are the, the two ones that it makes the most sense. Anybody else you could see coming out of, like, the dark to side? I mean, other than the Dybala, which is a done deal. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, Dybala already signed the other day, so that's pretty sweet. Um, no, but honestly, I think Sessegnon is done. Um, it was even reported this morning that they're just actually uh, – working through the details of Onama going the other way um, before they announce anything, which I think it's a great move for all parties. Um, Sessignon gets, you know, a chance to compete in European football and for the Premier League and certainly, um, you know, a pretty like-for-like replacement for Rose if and when he ever goes. Um, Also can play up high. So he's flexible and Pochettino loves a good flexible player. So I think, uh, you know, that one's done and that's going to be money. Um, Let's also... Also looking like that that's definitely happening. Um, but uh, I, I saw today that it was going to be within the next seven days they'd announce something. I think 
right now, the, the only question that I have there is how much hardball is Levy actually playing? Because, again, I think the Dybala rumor was totally just to get them to, you know, get off their ass on the Lo deal. Um, we're not going to pay $75 million for him. But I think the Lo Celso deal, regardless of whatever any report says, I could see that being, like, finalizing in, in – on deadline day or like the couple days there leading up to the end of the window. And that's just a result of Levy saying, I'm offering this much and you guys let me know when you've decided you, you will accept that offer. Um, and I think it'll be, you know, like 50 million probably, which is going to piss them off, but it is what it is. I mean, they've kind of already spent some of that money on the surprise transfer of the summer and Nabil Fakir going over to uh real Bittis, but you, you'd yep. imagine that they have to get rid of him at this point. And the only other link I've really seen him with is uh, Benfica, which would kind of be a, a weird move anyhow, going from the French League to uh, La Liga to Portugal. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. I feel like you guys are definitely in the driver's seat on that one. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, and we need him for sure. Uh, he, he'd be the only midfield that we have that can play you know, from from a true six all the way up through a, a position of actually scoring goals, um, you know, uh, and he would be an Erickson uh, competition piece, which we've never really had. And I think, you know, some of Erickson's poor form this season was probably a result of having four or five years of, of you know, knowing he was going to start each and every time he was fit enough to do so. So I think that uh, that competition there would be very much welcomed. And I think, you know, if I had to pick between Dybala and Lo Celso, um, you know, it's Lo Celso all day long for me, just from a needs perspective, as much as I'd love to have Dybala. But, yeah, I think Lo Celso's coming. Um, as far as, you know, surprise signings, I think the only other thing that I could that I would say, and people are going to give me so much shit for this, but um, I could – I saw a report yesterday, and I don't remember who it was from, but it was somebody reputable, at least, um, you know, from a credential standpoint that – they may still be trying to get a deal for Bale over the line. So looks obviously I highly doubt that just because he's been offered a million dollars a week out of China and almost look like that's a done deal. But I'd love to see us just come totally out of the woodworks and bring him back. Um, but that would require a major, major, either a wage reduction on his end or some deal where Rial was still paying part of his wages, you know, and we were paying part of his wages, but absolute pipe dreams at this point. So, oh, I mean, yeah, who wouldn't love to see Bale back in the Premier League? Even as an Arsenal fan, I mean, he terrorized us, but he's he's quite the player to watch. How about you, Dave? Anybody you'd like to see Juventus get across the line? Um, I'd like us to figure out who are who's going to wear the number nine shirt. That's what I want to figure out because, like right now, like I said, it's a carousel of number nines. I mean, it's, I just want to know who because the number nine jersey is open right now, so I'm trying to figure out like. There's literally, that's all I think we need right now. I think we are set on everything else. I, I would like maybe one more midfielder, but and then maybe ship out somebody. But, yeah, right now there's no really links with um, big-time midfielders. I mean, there's that pot, the Pogba one little, like, like faded over there, but it's like I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, I just want to figure out who our number nine is. Is it going to be Icardi? Is it going to be Lukaku? Is it going to be Iguain? Is Iguain going to stay? It's like That's all I want to know because it's driving me crazy because right now we don't know who's going to wear that number nine jersey. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that being <laughs> really frustrating. Um, yeah, Got to have a striker. Oh, yeah. 
why why are they so dead set on selling Iguain? Didn't he do really well for Sarri and Napoli? He did, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't know what's going on. I mean, he didn't play very well when he was at Chelsea. He was terrible at AC Milan when we had him on loan. I mean, his wages are just high, are really high. And I mean, sure. he's not the same player he was. He can be, but they don't want to take that risk. I don't think they don't want him to like stay and then him like not be the Iguain of two years ago. So yeah, I think they're kind of like they're kind of like we want to cash in and cash on him now, so that we don't like lose money in the future because like he if he doesn't play well this year, it's like they're going to sell him for pennies basically. So yeah. I mean, I think that's the one they're like we kind of want to move on. I mean, he wants. I feel bad for him because he wants to play for Juventus and he loves Juventus. But the problem is, is like, they're like, your wages are outrageous. And two, it's like, we don't, you're a, you're kind of a very, like, we don't know if you're going to be as good as you once was. So, I mean, he has a number right now, which I don't know. He, but I, I think they're trying to ship him off to Roma. I mean, Roma, Roma has shown a lot of interest in him and they're trying to give him to Ro- Roma. But yeah, I don't know. I would I wouldn't mind seeing him stay and give him the benefit of the doubt. But again, I'm not making the deals, so I'm I don't make my like if they made their deals with their hearts, we wouldn't be anywhere we right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, it's got to be a pretty brutal sign from a, a player having your club take away the number nine and giving you 21. Like that, that's a pretty disc, like a oh, yeah. upfront. I'm, we don't really value you quite as much anymore. Yeah, that's the sure. thing is like he's been super professional about it, too. Like he's not like gone out and like lashed out in the media or anything like his brother is his agent and his brother has like said that like he wants to stay and like we, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go anywhere else. But like he's been super professional about it. And like that's the thing I love about Juventus is most of their players are professional. I mean, yeah, when they leave the club, they might say some things about them. But like when they're at the club, they don't speak out of like negatively about just because they it's so professional around that locker room that that's what I like about it. Cause it's like, you don't see a lot of Juventus players like lashing out in the media when they're playing for Juventus. They might do it. Like Danny Alves has done it when he's left Juventus, but like when he's at Juventus that doesn't happen. And that's what I love about the like hierarchy of the club. They're like, look, this is Juventus. Like this isn't, this isn't, this is Juventus FC. This isn't like so-and-so FC. Like you play for Juventus. This is, this is an arsenal, okay? This is Juventus. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, had to get one more in there. Uh, <laughs> no, on that note, too, I'll ask you the same question. You asked us, any, anybody you want to see you guys, uh, you guys bring in? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the la- obvious answer is to just get Kieran T- Trippier, or Trippier, Jesus, Tyranny. Uh, <laughs> wrong uh, left back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if we could get him from Celtic across the line, I mean, he, he makes a lot of sense, and he'd really shore up the back line. The other link that I've really been fascinated with is Pepe Cisse. Uh, he's a six foot six monster center back, like 22 years old, from mm-hmm. Senegal, playing for Olympiacos in uh, the Greek League. He's been rumored to us for like $10 million, and I feel like his uh, Koscielny, Mustafi alternate, uh, he would make a lot of sense. And somebody who our scout- scouting teams come out and said that they think he could Challenge for a first team spot this year, if not in the future. So, other than that, I mean, I'm just going to take my Nicholas Pepe to the bank and enjoy it as much as I can. Oh, for sure, man. That's a huge signing for you guys. I, I guess before we wrap up, too, that maybe poses a cool question. 
for all of us to, to get a swipe at. Um, we're pushing over an hour here, but if signing of the summer so far, Dave, start with you. What do you think it is, man? Like for my club or like overall? No, in, in Europe. Oh, um, are we all just going to say the, the, the obvious answer at all of our three of our clubs or what? Well, I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I think I, it's tough because I think you guys signing in, in Dembele or whatever, he's, that's a solid signing. I mean, I'd say that was, that was a big signing that like makes your midfield that much stronger. Um, I mean, of course, yes, I, Matthias DeWitt was a big one, but again, um, I think uh, I think uh, that Jao Felix is going to be a big one because I think he's going to be a freaking monster. I mean, he had what two assists yesterday, and I mean, I think he's going to be. I think he'll be better than Griezmann was for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the La Liga too and go with uh, Eden Hazard. Uh, just the fact that you, you got him for ninety odd million and. I think he could be a really solid, uh, if not just a player for him. I th- he's probably one of the top, what, three players in La Liga now. But just a, a role model for guys like uh, Jovic and some of the younger talents they brought in. Uh, the two Brazilian kids they got and just kind of being professional. I mean, he tore up the Premier League for so many years that I think he's going to absolutely kill it in La Liga. No, that's a good shout, man. I, 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 uh, I really I almost was forgetting about Hazard. <laughs> And how he went to Madrid, and he's totally going to boost them and be that Galactico signing they were looking for. So it kind of seemed like that one was written in the stars for a few seasons, but I think that's a great shout. Um, I'm going to, as much as I want to say Dumbele, I won't. Um, I'm actually going to maybe look at, look to City on this one, and I think um, the reason I say this is they have, uh, you know, taken their midfield, which is already astute and definitely the best. Uh, midfield in England and added Rodri to it from Atletico Madrid. Um, and I just say not so much in him being the star-studded signing, but making a signing like that and adding that much depth is just scary to the rest of the Premier League. Um, so maybe, a, um, I guess, a, kind of a hipster answer. I didn't want to go with my own club and didn't uh, want to go with anything obvious, but I think Rodri will be a huge signing for City. And um, again, for, for guys like Noah and I, definitely um, – you know, hampers our hopes for a title in the near future because City is going to continue to run rampant in the Premier League, and obviously they're really pushing for the Champions League. But yeah, that's guy. That signing scares the shit out of me, dude. Like the fact that they can blood him kind of the same way they did with Bernardo Silva, where he doesn't really have to play the first year. Like he can kind of just get his occasional home match against Sheffield United and all that and watch uh, Ferdinandino play the big matches. And then whenever he's feeling ready, hop in himself. I mean, that's, that's a signing for the future as much as it is for the now. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. They, that was a good piece of business by them. And honestly, had they not get gone for Rodri, I don't know if Don Bell would be his first because city would have slapped some crazy wage in front of him. And, you know, obviously they say the Pochettino link was strong and Pochettino gave him some serious, uh, um, you know, uh, Oh, gosh, just foresight that he was going to be heavily involved in our project. But anyways, yeah, I think Rodrigo City benefited us, too. So might not benefit us from a, a perspective of trying to win the league, but at least getting Dombele. Uh, and then I think one more transfer, too, that this isn't necessarily transfer of the summer or anything like that. But I think PSG picking up Andre Herrera on a free was a, a pretty, pretty good piece of business from them. I think he's only 29, I'm pretty sure. 
um, and still certainly a solid midfielder. So if you can get somebody like that for free, um, you know, it's a really, really good piece of business. Taking a page right out of Juventus book, dude. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, literally, if you get a free transfer, like, you can give them more wages than normal because, like, you're not paying those fees for the transfer. Yep, for sure. Totally, man. I don't know. Yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? I I think I've said what I needed to say. I mean, we could touch in the future about uh, how Christian Erickson could be one of those guys who could leave for a huge free fit transfer and get insane wages and an insane bonus, but we, we can save that for another day. <laughs> no, honestly, man, I uh, I think if we can get him signed on a contract, that will be bigger than any signing we make. Um, he hasn't signed anything, although it looks like he's staying this year. It definitely looks like he hasn't signed anything yet, so that's something we really got to be uh, focused on. And then on that note, too, one other interesting talking point, too, as far as free transfers goes is, it looks like Toby Oliver is staying, but it's pretty much written in the stars that he's going to walk to Ajax for free after this season. Um, he's made it pretty clear that he wants to finish his career at Ajax, and he's 30 years old. So if Ajax gets a 31-year-old Toby Oliver for free, um, that's really, really huge for aspirations that they have. He'll still be you know, playing pretty solid football at 31. Um, maybe only has a year or two left in him there, but um, you know, I think as a Spurs fan, I can just – tip my hat to him we signed him for 11 million dollars and got five or six fantastic seasons out of him ended up being one of the best player players in his position in the league so for 11 million i can live with what he gave us and allowing him to walk to uh, his boyhood club it's nice to see passion back in the sport for sure so totally and i, I think uh arson banger hit the nail on the head a couple of years ago when he said that these free transfers are just going to become more and more popular because as we alluded to earlier, like it gives the players complete control over where they're going to, and it it completely takes out the middleman. You don't have to worry about, oh, Levy thinks I'm worth seventy five million, but Real Madrid think I'm worth fifty odd million on a one year deal. Like, you just yeah. go up to Real Madrid and you're like, here, give me four hundred k a week, and I'm yours. Yep, exactly. It's like here, I mean, there's something to be said for that. It's like I'm gonna sign a three or four year contract with the team. I'm going to play there for three or four years and then I'm going to move on and play somewhere else and experience a new place. And like you said, take the middleman out and have complete control of their career, which I can't blame somebody for doing that. I mean, if we look at our, you know, respective careers or whatever we do, we definitely want to have control of, of where we're working and what we're doing and all of that. So it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, like we already kind of touched on earlier, we're seeing that happen in American sports quite a bit. Um, free agency has always been a big thing and it's almost just, you know, free agency, in European football, which was never really a thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of positives along with the negative connotations that we see as such. Yeah, I mean, I'm super sad to see Aaron Ramsey leave our club, but uh, I'm also super excited to see what he can do in Juventus. And the fact that that man can provide for his family at 400K a week when he probably wouldn't be worth more than 250, 300 if he would have signed an extension at Arsenal or signed yep. a deal where he got a 40 mid the club got 40-odd million for him. Uh, good for him. Like, you got to look after your own. Totally, man. Oh, and I'm, I'm, actually... I'm, I'm Sorry, I was just going to say, no, I'm no, excited no, to see him. I, I, I can't wait till he gets fully healthy. Don't, don't I hold think your he's breath. Gonna... <laughs> I know, I know, but I know. But hopefully, I'm hoping that he stays healthy at least long enough to make an impact because I think he's a fantastic midfielder. 
Oh, yeah. He's one of a kind. I mean, closest thing we've gotten to a legend in these banter years. And he, uh, he'll be a fantastic for you. He'll score goals. He'll do the dirty work. But his hamstrings are made of glass. And just as he feels like he's uh, becoming one of the players that you can trust, he'll, he'll go out on him. Mm. I'm excited to watch him from, from a, a standpoint of not having to root against him because he's playing for Arsenal. So it'll be nice kind of – and I mean that it, not in a joke at all, but in all seriousness. I'm just kind of excited to sit back and watch him play and not worry about how it's affecting Tottenham or whatever. So, Dave, that'll be a good signing for you guys. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got, I think. Um, big big news of, of the weekend or whatever is definitely the Pepe signing at Arsenal. Um I think that's definitely the highlight of the transfer market right now. Certainly something that everybody will keep their eyes, uh, you know, focused on. But there's definitely a lot more to come. So to everybody who's listened, we all appreciate it. Um, you uh, definitely get at us if you guys want to chat. Uh, Dave, remind the Twitter handle to all the folks out there. At DMUV, the Moine Juventus. Nice. Noah? I'm at Cheesehead Goon. Uh, nice, solid. A true Wisconsin Arsenal name for sure. So, uh, um, and yeah, I'm at DSM Spurs. So yeah, get a hold of any of the three of us if you want to chat. If you want to get on the pod, appreciate everybody who's made it the full hour, and we'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Later.